0: This is Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi, sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Covaris, Ranchford Eye Center, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Healthy Rounds provides general information regarding medical conditions and diseases. The information is not intended to create a doctor-patient relationship. You are encouraged to consult your own medical provider for advice that applies to your own medical care. And now, Dr. Anthony Alessi on WTIC, News Talk 1080, and WTIC.com.
1: Welcome to Healthy Rounds, a show that provides you with up-to-date medical information, and we answer all of your health questions. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and it's great to be with you today uh, here on a live broadcast uh, in the studio, and um, it's a little bit gloomy outside, so we're going to just enjoy listening a little bit and going over things with all of you. Uh just so you know, today's show is going to be pretty interesting because we're going to talk about dentistry. It's not something we commonly get to on the program, and uh, I, I wanted to invite a guest here. So our guest in the studio is going to be Dr. Kevin Norridge. Dr. Norridge is a dentist. At uh, South Windsor Smiles, he's in practice there, and he's going to come on in and answer questions on dentistry. We're going to talk about general dentistry, some of the new innovations. There are so many things coming on in dentistry, Uh, so it's really important that we get familiar with it. But one of the things I really want to touch on is the importance of good oral care in order to maintain systemic care and in terms of avoiding diabetes, heart disease, and things such as that. So uh, we're going to chat with him. The telephone numbers here are 860-522-9842 and 1-800-966-9842. You can also reach us at info at Yesterday, I had the pleasure of being at General Dynamics Electric Boat for a conference on really workers health uh disability and assessing disability it was very interesting because there were other physicians there orthopedists there was audiology and i really got familiar with everything that's going on with what they're doing to try to make a boatyard safer i mean that's a it's a very physical environment a very dangerous environment to work in uh, and as many people know who are reading uh, in the news, we're going to be building more submarines here in Connecticut uh, to defend our country. So it, it was just great, and I wanted to thank them for inviting me there to participate in that panel. This day in medicine, May 12, 1857, the New York Infirmary for Women and Children opens. Uh, this is the first hospital that was operated exclusively by women. Uh, it was opened on the birthday of Florence Nightingale. Uh, it was doctors Elizabeth and Emily Blackwell, as well as Dr. Marie Zaxacqua, Um, And they got together and opened a hospital for women and children, uh, something that we see more and more uh, in, uh, throughout the United States, and that was in 1857. Uh, one of the things we get to talk about a little bit in technology here is the use of telemedicine and teleneurology. I have to tell you that it's something a week doesn't go by when I don't uh, use teleneurology to do assessments on athletes around the country and, and hopefully soon around the world. Uh, so it's, it's such an interesting tool available. So I'll have a patient who I will see here at the University of Connecticut, and, and not just athletes, and be able to follow them up on a HIPAA secure channel in order to do follow-up examinations. Uh, Last week, when we spoke to Dr. Jane Grant-Kelds, we talked a little bit about diagnosing lesions that are cancerous, melanoma lesions that are malignant through the use of confocal microscopy that is done over the internet. So you take an image of the lesion, transmit it to a dermatopathologist who can tell you without a biopsy if it is cancerous. So we're using this more and more. One of the other things I spoke about um, this week and last week was about the human papillomavirus and the vaccine available and how this has become such an effective preventative for cancer, particularly in cancer of the cervix in women. A recent study that was just published revealed it looked at 26 studies. So it was a study that looked at 26 peer-reviewed studies 73,000 participants in this variety of studies. And it concluded that it is clear that this vaccine protects adolescent girls and young women against precancerous cervical lesions. It also looked at adverse events, and there was no increase in adverse events with the vaccine versus the control groups. So again, yes, people have adverse events, but in this case, it is a safe vaccine and something parents should consider uh, for their children. You know, we used to be really worried about the Zika virus. We were up in arms about it. And as it spread, especially in South Florida, in the Caribbean, Uh, a study published this week in the New England Journal of Medicine looked at whether or not we should continue to look at blood donations and screen them for the zika virus basically when screening 4 million donations at which was very expensive they only came up with 9 cases so again we need to look at data look at information to really find out which way we need to go with using our healthcare dollars in this case the conclusion is we don't need to screen It's just not a good investment overall. One of the things I touched on last week, and I might as well give you a follow-up on, is uh, dealing with pharmacies and trying to get medication. Uh, I mentioned uh, I had a family member last week trying to get a very typical medication, um, went to CVS, CVS had to go to a CVS specialty pharmacy, We had to go through the pharmacy benefit. It's taken a month. We still don't have the medication in hand, okay? But it's taken a month of phone calls for the physician's office. Now, this was not a rare medication. We're not treating some rare malady, okay? But it's an expensive drug, which I'm happy to pay for, by the way. Matter of fact, the copay was $862, okay? So, again, still happy to pay it. But the point becomes, how long do you have to wait to get it? The physician writes a prescription. Now we have to do it electronically. She wrote, this physician wrote the prescription. They went back to her office four or five times questioning the, the order. Imagine that. Okay. How insulting that is for a physician. And I know because they do it to me. Wouldn't you like to use something else? No, because we used that thing already and it didn't work. Okay, but you have to keep explaining yourself, taking time away from patients. So we're a month into this, and CVS still hasn't delivered the medication, uh, and uh, we're, we're hoping to hear from them soon. Uh, but the doctor's office is not at fault here, and I really just feel bad for them having to put up with this. Along those same lines, if anybody got to catch 60 Minutes last week, you heard about a drug called ACTHAR, A-C-T-H-A-R. Now, ACTH is a adrenocorticotropic hormone. It is a medication that we have used for a malady called infantile spasms. Basically, infants having severe, life-threatening seizures. And you use ACTH to treat it. It, it stimulates the adrenal glands. Now, we've been using this since the 1960s, okay? This medication, fairly common, old medication, pretty cheap, Actually, until recently, you could buy it in Canada for $33. It's an injectable. That was it, $33. Well, Mallinckrodt Company – see, we can name companies on this show. So Malincrot goes out and buys up the other company and jacks up the price from $33 to $40,000. No, believe me, it, it, it is phenomenal from $33 – to $40,000. It costs $40,000 to get a medication to save a child's life because of one thing, greed. That's the only thing you could conclude. It's not a medication that's hard to make. It's not like a monoclonal antibody. It's not like one of these complicated new immune drugs that we use for cancer treatment. It's a drug that's been commonly used for the last 50 years that cost $33, now costs $40,000. Somebody needs to go to jail. I'm sorry. Uh, this is just – that is criminal. There's no way other to explain that. And, and, I, and I'm hoping our listeners and voters are as outraged as I am about this because they're taking advantage of all of us who support the health care system. It's our money. It's really our money running this. And to think that someone would take advantage – of uh, infants who need this medication is absolutely criminal with that we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back with Dr. Kevin Norge and we're going to be talking dentistry today here on Healthy Rounds the phone number is 860-522-9842 and 1-800-966-9842 you're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080 Those are the sounds of Massimo Ranieri. Uh, Mr. Ranieri will be the featured performer tomorrow, Mother's Day, at the Mohegan Sun. Uh, and uh, as you could tell, a, a very accomplished singer, uh, more well-known, I think, in Europe uh, than anywhere and in Italy. So I think it would be a, a great treat uh, to bring your mother uh, uh, to the Mohegan Sun, where you could do a lot, dinner. Uh, and entertainment abound at the Mohegan Sun. Uh, it's my great pleasure to welcome uh, my guest today, Dr. Kevin Norridge. Dr. Norridge is a dentist at South Windsor Smiles. Uh, and here's something you could tell. So I called Dr. Norridge's office this week um, to see if he'd like to be a guest, and I got his staff. And uh, I didn't tell him this, but he has such a pleasant staff. Whoever answered the phone could not be more helpful uh, and tracked him down to the delivery room where his daughter was delivering a baby. Okay. But uh, so just a helpful cooperative staff. that didn't know who I was, why I was calling. And uh, I have to tell you that that's Uh, that's the first thing that makes you know that that you're working with great people. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Doctor. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Hey, let's chat a little bit. Uh, Dentistry has changed a lot. First of all, it's changed with respect to education. Can you talk a little bit about the education of a dentist, uh, both when you went to school and what they go through now?
0: When I was a dental student back in the late 70s, early 80s, Our curriculum, uh, we matched up with the medical students for the first two years, took the basic medical sciences together, had to take our board examinations together, had to pass them at the same rate. We also took our dental examinations. Then we would kind of skew off to our second two years to get our clinical training and the like, and then would go off either to a, a postgraduate program or right directly into practice. Today what we find is more students are... Uh, getting because there is so much information to accomplish in those four years, they have to take a PG because there just is so much. They have to get their skills up so it's a, a, a safe thing for our society to go forward.
1: So they do almost – is it a one-year of residency or like Absolutely. a
0: fellowship? It's, it's actually a residency, and they can be hospital-based, or they can be in community programs. Uh, they're throughout the United States. Uh, some are certified by various certifying agencies, and there are also resident, uh, residents in specialties. that can go anywhere from two to five years. If you're going into oral surgery, it can be up to five years. Is it mandatory now to do a residency, or is it still elective? It's still elective at this point, but I will tell you that there may be only one or two students now that do not go into those programs. It's just – it's it's – so important that we get that extended education. In fact, the discussion is, should the basic education be five years or even six years before you can get out of school with your your basic degree?
1: It's interesting because uh, my godchild uh, is in dental school at UConn and we were chatting about general dentistry and how much it's evolved from that standpoint. Now, it used to be, at least in medicine, people go into a specialty like neurology, orthopedics, but In dentistry, it seems to have gone the other way, that many dental students stay in general dentistry because there are so many things that people do in general dentistry.
0: Well, if you consider that dentistry itself is really a specialty of general medicine, it makes sense that we… As it is
1: in Italy where I went to medical school. (laughs) There you
0: go. Yeah. It's, it, it makes sense that it would be that way. And because the exposure is so so unique, you can choose as a general dentist which of those things you really would like to be more expert at. It might be restorative dentistry, which is basically what we used to call fillings and that. Now it can be implants and bridges and those kind of things. That's all restorative dentistry. It can be periodontics, which is gums and the bones that support the teeth and, and, the, and the like of that. It can be oral pathology. It can be anything that you decide is a good thing. It can be even up to orthodoxy or pedodontics, whatever is your specialty niche that you'd love to go for, that's the nice thing about the latitude in general dentistry.
1: Uh, It it is interesting. So in Europe, when I went to medical school, you had to be an MD before you specialized in dentistry. Okay. So it it was very similar to your education in terms of doing it side by side with MD students and DMD students working together. Um, Just quickly, before we go to the break, can we talk a little bit about the basics of cavities and bacteria and what the enemy is here. Okay, the enemy
0: are bacteria. Now, it turns out the mouth is the place that more than 700 different species of bacteria live all the time, plus other kinds of microbes, viruses and and other planktonic things. And and we've seen it, and they can migrate onto the teeth, they can hit in the gums, they can sit in the pockets around the gums, and they can give you everything from smelly breath to the holes in your teeth that cause pain, to to gums that have infections and pus, and you can lose teeth. And actually, because of the connection that the mouth has to the rest of the body through the vascular system you could actually lose your life.
1: What are we actually doing when we brush our teeth? I mean, we all have a variety of toothpaste and toothbrushes and devices. What are we actually physically doing? Bacteria
0: are not sitting out there like you're standing at a bus stop one at a time here or there. They're actually joined hand-to-hand through a material called biofilm, and the biofilm actually attaches to the surfaces of the mouth, whether it's the hard tissues of the teeth or it's the soft tissues of the gums. And what you're doing when you're brushing your teeth and flossing around the teeth is disrupting that biofilm so that it can be dismantled and removed. It's an ecology project in, in operation. Tell me a little bit more. I've
1: never heard about biofilm. Can we
0: talk a little bit about it? What makes that up? Okay, the biofilm is actually an interesting composite. We used to call it just plaque, but that's become the old term biofilm, is on any surface that bacteria can live on. It can live in the pipes in your house, it can live in your pipes in your body, and it can live on surfaces. So what it is, is it's the sticky stuff that holds the bacteria together. Some of it's excreted by the bacteria themselves, some of it's elaborated by the body to help hold things together as nutrients. Sometimes it's part of the salivary proteins that are there in the mouth, whole bunches of things. And it can vary from site to site within the mouth and from person to person.
1: So when we disrupt it with brushing, the – the toothpaste is not really an antibiotic of any type. So, what is the toothpaste doing? The toothpaste, in most cases, acts like soap for washing your hands. It's what
0: okay. we call a surfactant, is the fancy name. But basically, it's like soap. It just makes it more slippery so it can be rinsed out of your mouth and new bacteria that are effective for our bodies. Because we have really important bacteria that we need. Right. So, we want those guys to stay and we want to elaborate. Those tend to be the ones that like oxygen. And so, we give them the chance to proliferate and they do well. Best
1: toothpaste?
0: <laughs> that's a good question to put me on the spot for. Sure. No, I would, listen, we could name I mean, names. This is, this is a great yeah. show
1: because we could name names here. <laughs> we don't have
0: to worry about that. My, my thing is that what you want to look for at this point is something that's uh, approved or accepted by the American Dental Association for its effectiveness in doing what it's supposed to do. And that is getting rid of bacteria and hopefully stopping the, the progression of either uh, bacteria that cause gum disease or that cause tooth cavities.
1: Uh, great information. So we're getting, we're getting through the basics of dentistry, but we're going to move on in the next segment to really talking a little bit more about how just really maintaining good oral health will allow you to enrich your general health avoiding heart attacks, diabetes, things like that. We're also going to chat with Dr. Norridge about some of his experiences in developing nations. Uh, much like uh, myself spending time in Haiti, he has spent time in Nicaragua, Honduras, and we're going to get some interesting insights there. The telephone numbers here 860-522-9842 and 1-800-966-9842 that's 966 WTIC. We'll be back after a short break. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. We're back on Healthy Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and today we have our guest here is Dr. Kevin Norwich. Dr. Norwich is at South Windsor Smiles. Uh, the telephone number there, if you want to make an appointment with Dr. Norridge, is 860 787 Five seven four two. His website, great website. You know, sometimes you get into a website and it's just too complicated. This one, fairly simple. You could actually make an appointment on the website at southwindsorsmiles.com. His office is over at 112 Deming Street in South Windsor. Uh, Kevin, we were chatting at the break a little bit. Before the break, we talked about toothpaste, toothbrushes, but a water pick. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the advantages of using a water pick, and actually, what what it
0: is? A water pick is kind of an interesting device. It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, when I was in dental school, you know, almost 40 years ago, we talked about using a water pick. It always had an umbilicated hose and cord and it was messy and and all of the things. And over the years, different companies have bought the patents and and refined it. Now there are handheld devices that you can use when you're taking a shower. uh, So the messiness kind of goes away. You don't have to use any special solutions inside of this thing to get the effect of, of disrupting what we were talking about before, that thing called biofilm. And again, if we can disrupt it easily. Because you only have to use one hand to hold it, It eliminates the problems you have with dental floss. It doesn't cut the gums. It doesn't make them crazy. My lead uh, hygienist, Deb, and I were at a seminar in the fall called No More Hygiene, and we were impressed by uh, Tommy Neighbors telling us about this, looking at his data. And we came back and we shared it with folks who may already have had one and said, try it, see how it works for you. And we were so surprised to find out in a very short period of time, people's gums were healthier. They were not red and bleeding and sore. They were tight and they looked like they're supposed to and they were they didn't have any of the odors and the discharges that we saw and this was just using water in the device it's a handheld device so folks who have any problems with maybe arthritis or hand you know holding things it's much more convenient it's it's large almost like a tennis ball to hold so you can hold it easily and it doesn't it doesn't weigh a lot it's a very light device it's chargeable so that you you can charge it bring it into the into your uh, bathtub if that's what you want to do while you're showering very convenient takes about two two and a half minutes to uh, get every surface in your mouth uh, that we want to do and and you rest the tip right up against the gum line uh, so that it's literally pulsing uh, water or or whatever irrigating you want to use to discharge that biofilm uh, and get rid of it. And we've just seen some remarkable, remarkable results.
1: Are they expensive
0: they are not and we're not even we don't even stock them in the office because you can go to a Costco or a Walgreens and get them relatively expensive. get the coupons on the paper don't get the ones with all the bells and whistles. Get the simplest device you can get because what you want is how it works it's not all the bells and whistles uh, you can get all kinds of fancy things with it, but get the simplest device possible because simple you're going to use it
1: so do you buy like one device for the whole family and everybody changes the tip or does everybody get their own device
0: exactly you get you get one device for the whole family and you change the tips and it's especially important like i say for uh more, more mature adults who may have arthritis and it's like but it's also great for kids who are in orthodontics who have these wires and wow. brackets so that it, it literally gets all of the and i'm going to use a great word schmutz off the teeth i love that I word, like that word. You <laughs> know, it's a great word it's a great all catch all
1: um let's move along shoot A lot of the data I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, a lot of the information we're being at, is the importance of oral hygiene in terms of systemic health. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: The mouth is is really the window to the rest of the body. And we're fortunate because most folks see their dental provider, whether it's their hygienist or their dentist, Sometimes three, four times a year, but at least two times a year just because of the nature of the way we, we do dental care, which is much more frequently than they see their physician who, unfortunately, a lot of folks go only when they seem to have a problem. And we get to see them when they're relatively healthy. There's a Chinese proverb that says superior doctors prevent disease, mediocre doctors treat the disease before it's evident, and inferior doctors treat full-blown disease. So we're trying to catch it way before that. We can see sometimes when folks come in with puffy you know, gums and bleeding gums, and ask them questions about their health. and We've noticed that there's other things going on, that their blood pressure may be elevated, that they have, yes, pre-diabetes symptoms, because they've already been tested. Their blood, their blood sugar levels are higher. And all of a sudden, we clean up the bacteria from that, their blood sugars uh, get leveled off. Their hemoglobin A1Cs go back down into a more normal, manageable range. Their medications that they have to take are less. For instance, one medication called metformin uh, has a really nasty effect in the mouth. It tends to lower the pH, which is the increase the acidity of the mouth, so it makes the the mouth more susceptible to other bacteria, the ones that cause cavities and, and future gum disease. And so if we can moderate having to use that as severely, we're going to improve the overall health of that. And it's all hooked because of the vascular system, the gums are hooked to the body through the blood vessels.
1: You know, that's always been the case in people who've had uh, prostheses, for example, cardiac prostheses. Um, you know, you, you still have to go on an antibiotic before getting dental work done for fear that you spread the bacteria and it becomes more systemic. So when you go to a developing nation where they don't have the ability to have good hygiene in the sense of uh, uh the lack of availability of water and things like that uh how does that affect things so so what is the biggest problem when you get there I know uh I started going to when I started going to Haiti I was going with a group of dentists and they would just sit around extracting teeth all day uh, is that what you found as well
0: I find I think a little bit different when I've when I've gone in, into Mexico, Honduras, and to Nicaragua. Uh, there are probably folks who have really severe disease, but by and large. Most folks are pretty healthy because their biology of their mouth, the ecology of the bacteria that are there, is pretty stable because of the dietetics that they're doing and that. So we don't see that overwhelming thing. Now, certain populations have higher levels of diabetes in their thing, so we're seeing a lot of, of gum disease that needs to get care and treated, And we have to some extractions. But by and large, we're trying to save teeth because we know that if people have their own teeth, they chew the foods that they're supposed to have, so the rest of their body benefits in, in, overall.
1: I mean, it's hard to do restorative dentistry in those locations. That's for sure. So. Are you mostly doing hygienics and and coming with hygiene? Well,
0: you know, it's interesting because we do have portable units that we bring that we can actually bring our handpieces and curing lights and get people to have a great smile back again. You know, if you've got a hole in your front teeth, it doesn't matter whether you're on Main Street, you know, here in South Windsor or you're in Main Street in Honduras, you know, Camiagua. If you have that front tooth and it looks better, people are going to smile at you better. You're going to have a better life. And so we've done that for so many, so many people.
1: Uh, You know, it it really is – uh, so important, uh, a great sense of self and from the cosmetic standpoint. Absolutely. And cosmetic dentistry has certainly something been something that's grown dramatically uh, in terms of whitening. Um, there's a variety of different things that you could put into a, a mouth guard or uh, Zoom lights and things like that. Um, is that still growing? Is that important? Uh, a big part of
0: practice cosmetics will always be when I was in dental school we filled back teeth with silver fillings Today, very few doctors use silver fillings anymore. People want to have their mouth look like it's I persistant. still have some of those, by I, the way. I do, too, and okay. they're still working, so I'm not <laughs> condemning it. I'm just saying that folks want it to appear better. Now that, the, that we're probably in the seventh generation of bonding resins and, and materials to use, they're stronger, they have the life expectancy and the durability that we want for a tooth to look like a natural tooth and function like a natural tooth. So we get the beauty as well as the function all in one, in one thing.
1: Someone told me that you have to start getting rid of these uh, amalgams, uh, even though they're working, because eventually they're going to fail and possibly lead to cavity and root canal.
0: Is that legit? It depends on how you're looking at that. If a filling literally rusts in place because of the bacteria that are there, it'll stay forever. And we've seen pictures of of fillings that have stayed in the mouth for 50-plus years. The problem is once you take those things out, if we're looking for characteristic things. We're looking for space between the filling and the tooth. We're looking for discoloration that is not usual because you put a brand-new filling in silver. It doesn't have discoloration. If you start to see that, now you take that filling out. And what's underneath it, one of my uh, mentors used to call it black scuzz disease. It's a combination of the decay of the tooth, the bacteria that are there, the bacterial products, and it just looks bad and it's working its way through the tooth. The other thing is that amalgam over time has a property called creep. It actually swells. And under function, when a tooth is being pressed upon, if you press a a wedge into a piece of wood, it'll split the wood. You press an amalgam filling into the tooth because of the pressure you're chewing on it, you can split the tooth. And I see this every day, day in and day out. And those can be, they can actually, you could actually have to lose the tooth sometime because of that.
1: We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back with Dr. Norridge. And we're chatting a lot about dentistry. We want to get into some of the oral devices that can be used for people with mild cases of obstructive sleep apnea, something we're seeing more and more of. And really, let's look at the future of dentistry, what we're going to find in the dentist's office um, as time evolves. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. We're back on Healthy Rounds in our final segment with Dr. Kevin Norwich of South Windsor Smiles. Again, his phone number, 860-787-5742. We're chatting a little bit about dentistry and how it affects uh, your general health. And One of the big things uh, we start seeing more and more of is obstructive sleep apnea and the importance of sleep overall in maintaining health. And uh, I've read about it and heard of several dentists who have been using oral devices and people who have mild obstructive apnea, uh, and it's been extremely helpful. Um, how does that work?
0: It's a whole, it's a whole category called sleep disturbed breathing. Uh, we know that oxygen is the most important nutrient that we take in. And we never really think of it as a nutrient. We think of food and beverages, but it's the most important. You can live for a, you know without food for a month. You can live without water for a week, but you can't live without oxygen for just a few minutes. And so if we're not breathing right, everything else suffers. It's involved with almost every single oxidative process in the body, which are all of the the enzymes that work and help us grow and prosper throughout the day. Plus the fact, if there's an obstruction there, where is that major obstruction going to be? It's going to be in the upper airway, either through the nasal cavity or the oral cavity, and that's right where we as dentists work all the time.
1: So with uh, uh, with the oral device, does it bring the jaw forward or the tongue forward? Yep, they call it an anterior... Repositioner.
0: We actually bring it forward just enough so that it's that the, the whole jaw slides forward. It tends to bring the tongue out of the the back of the airway, and now you're able to breathe more smoothly. It also, we identify other things when we start to screen for it. We're looking, are, are there things in the nasal cavity that are obstructive? Are people having sinusitis that are, are affecting it? And they can show up in the mouth because people get tooth pain in the upper jaw, oftentimes because of a sinusitis. So if we can eliminate, or let's say, decide whether it's from the mouth or the oral cavity, we can help that person get to the right physician and it's gonna help that. If the tonsils are big, all we have to do is look back in the throat and see if the tonsils are enlarged. We look to see if the uvula, that thing that hangs down in the back of your throat is enlarged. We know that people have sinusitis, they're constantly swallowing so that they're actually grinding their teeth as they do that. We know that when you have the back pressure of the tongue sitting on the top of the, the trachea, the breathing tube, it actually causes gastric reflux. So we can actually see the, the signs of what we call GERD in the mouth. It tends to be erosion of the teeth. So we're seeing a lot of these things. So people that have been told they're grinding their teeth, uh, we've always attributed it to stress or other things. It may not be. It may be that they're suffering from some kind of obstructive apnea.
1: One of the things we're seeing more and more of are people having dental implants uh, as opposed to dentures and bridges. I, I, I don't even know if people are still using. The, do you yeah. still do dent? They're still, yep. Okay. Yep. But but implants have become a big deal. And matter of fact, my dentist has his own CT scanner in the office mm-hmm. um, at, where he actually designed. So I had an implant done and he did everything right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that technology and –
0: What we see is an implant. When I was in dental school, our oral surgeons were actually telling us, do not plant implants. They were failing at such a high rate. But about the same time, there was a Scandinavian dentist by the name of Branemark who was actually doing some really basic research on integration of these metal implants into the bone of the jaw. We call it osteointegration. And he figured that if we didn't load them too soon, that they could be functional for the rest of a person's life. The advantage of an implant is they never decay. Now you can get gum disease around them, but they don't decay, and you can fit a bridge, you can fit a denture, and we know that if we have the proper mechanics, we can chew the foods that are most appropriate for us. We need a lot of fiber in our diet, and we don't get it. Our diet in the American uh, society has become so soft and, and pureed that we don't use the muscles of our jaw properly, the bones don't form properly, so we're getting a lot of other negative effects. If we can replace which teeth are missing by teeth that are going to chew properly, we're going to improve our dietetics, which is going to improve our overall health. So, yep, they're part of the the armamentarium of the dentist now.
1: What are we going to start seeing in the future of dentistry? I always like, and, and there's some. Believe me, there are a lot of topics I wanted to get to that we didn't get to. I'm going to have to have you back on. But what what are we going to start seeing in dentistry as it evolves? And we're seeing so many things, like I mentioned, the CT scanner in the dentist's office. Um, which way are we going? There's several things that are going on. We know that most of the things that affect
0: the gums are inflammatory diseases. And much like it infects the rest of the body, as soon as we get chronic inflammation, under control, we're going to improve the quality of life for a lot of people. So it's, it's managing that. So that's making sure that we've taken care of the bacteria that are the cause of these diseases. There are some great uh, articles that have just come out. Uh, there's one affectionately known as AA. It is attributed to about 50% of spontaneous cardiac arrests. And that's a huge number. And if we as dentists can help eradicate that, and we've got some testing that we know how to do now so we can actually pinpoint, this is the bug that we need to knock out. We've got another bug called uh, FN, which is Im- implicated in some of the pregnancy issues where we see stillborn or low birth weight babies. And if we can knock that guy out, and he's a, he lives in the, in the mouth, we're gonna help so many more things. You talk about healthcare and the prescriptions of, if we can you know, primarily knock these things down because we're looking at it before it gets to be a disease, we're gonna help a lot of folks. So that's one direction. Second thing is using all kinds of electronics. Like in our office right now, we're using digital technology in a lot of ways. We're taking photographs digitally. We're taking x-rays digitally. We have a neat device called a panoramic View x-ray. So we can look at the whole jaw. You can still be in the device and we're actually starting to diagnose using that. It looks at malpositions of teeth. Now why are malpositions of teeth problem? it goes back to breathing. If the tongue doesn't have a space where it's supposed to sit properly, it's going to block the airway. So if we can put the teeth where they're supposed to be, the tongue gets where it's supposed to be, now you get air in where it's supposed to be. So we're going to help in that regard, we're going to replace teeth, as you said, implants is that we're going to be able to do much more in our own office with, with 3D printing. Uh, we've been doing CAD CAM stuff. We've been using CAD CAM for uh, building crowns and building bridges and things like that. We use CAD CAM already for, and and digital printing for uh, orthodontics, and it's becoming much more common to see that over the you know the course of a general dentist, not just the orthodontist and the the orthodontist want us as general dentists to take those cases which are appropriately ours, you know, and they want the more complicated things, the things that challenge them. And and it's really kind of neat. Sure.
1: Uh, You know, it's just it's fascinating from that standpoint in terms of how much it's really developed. Um, For a while back, people were saying you don't need a drill anymore. You use a laser. Are people using lasers, Is that did that ever catch on? It, lasers is a huge part
0: of it. And again, it is just one part of the technology armamentarium that we have. Are we gonna to have to still use drills sometimes? Yes, because there are certain things about the quality of what we get from a drill works okay. But with the laser, especially in pediatrics, don't have to use anesthetic in a lot of cases. There, are, It's used in endodontics, which is root canal therapy. Oh yeah, people get freaked out about that because it's the nerve involved. Well, you use this technology that's a laser, it can help with that, which which is you know quite quite neat
1: this has been a great show i've really uh, enjoyed chatting with dr kevin norridge um, uh, dr norridge is at uh, south windsor smiles 860-787-5742 and you have a special offer for our, our listeners today yep. um
0: yep if uh, the first 21 callers on monday will get a free dental exam x-rays and consultation at their first visit and the number is 860-640-4487 Say that you heard about us on Dr. Alessi's Healthy Rounds.
1: Hey, that would be great and if we could help some folks out. Uh, Listen, thanks again for spending time with us today. It's been my pleasure. Uh, To everyone, happy Mother's Day. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. Enjoy time with your mother um, or your wife, uh, and just spend a a great day of just relaxation. Next up on WTIC is going to be Garden Talk with Len. Remember, you can help save lives, and you can do that today by going to registerme.org and becoming an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Until next week, this is Dr. Anthony Alessi. Please stay healthy.
0: This has been Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi. Sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Ratchford Eye Center, Covaris, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 11 for more Healthy Rounds on WTIC, News Talk 1080, and WTIC.com.